a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but their humble, holy way of living is exactly what makes them extra, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. Now, unless you are a first-time listener to MANA, uh, you know that I joke a lot about how most all of our listeners to MANA, uh, including you, likely, um, who are listening, are probably friends or family. <laughs> so a lot of the content that we've had on MANA has been rather circular in nature. Uh, we're just kind of recycling <laughs> the people and the stories that, that we're most familiar with. Um, and while today's guest would appear not to just fall in line with that, but but actually be the most pronounced example of that um, kind of familiarity so far, because he actually is the closest family member that we've had on yet uh, from a bloodline standpoint. Okay. So we're getting closer and closer to the center of the universe here. Um, but all that being said, his faith journey is one that I'm actually not entirely familiar with myself. So over the next few minutes here, we're all going to get a chance to do a little bit of learning here. So um, I'm very excited about that. But technically speaking, uh, because I'm 50 years old, uh, for 50 years, I have technically uh, been able to watch our guest be a thoughtful son to my grandma and, uh, and her entire generation of the uh, Peterson Rost family. Um, I've, uh, I've technically, I've been able to watch him be the sensitive brother amongst uh, all of his brothers, including my dad. Um, I've technically been able to watch him be a very devoted husband and father to three beautiful daughters uh, and, and a son, all of whom are kind of my and my brother's contemporaries. So we had the opportunity to kind of grow up together as cousins um, and now be a grandfather. Um, and I've also, uh, technically, uh, uh, and, 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 and very literally I've watched him and his family really kind of break out of, of our extended family as really being, uh, just great, great examples of living a very, very, uh, active and bold faith life. Um, and, um, really they have the designation of, of definitely being the churchiest of all of the Petersons. And so I'm really excited uh, to be able to dig into that uh, today um, uh, throughout the course of, of this episode. Uh, but along with all, uh, all of that wonderfulness, um, uh, he also uh, had some time over the last few years to carve out a very successful career in corporate America, uh, during which and after which he's been a, a tireless disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, planting churches, uh, spreading the good news, and just being an all-around awesome uncle to me. So please welcome today's uh, very special man-a-man, uh, all the way from the great state of Texas, uh, Mr. Jerry Peterson. Hey, Jerry. Hey, hey Jeff. Good to be here with you. Great. To, great. And even when I just said, Jerry, I, I don't think I've, I'm 50 years old. I don't think I've ever not called you Uncle Jerry. So that was very weird. <laughs> it's kind of like, kind of like uh, seeing an old teacher later in life and you're like, sure. 
still calling him Mr. Iverson. He's like, just call me Paul. I'm like, okay, I'm never going to call you Paul. You are always Mr. Iverson. So mm-hmm. Uncle Uncle Jerry. So uh, so anyway, it's great. Great to have you in the show. And I'm just so, I'm so honored. And just uh, this is just such a blessing for me to be able to spend the time with you. And, and then for everybody uh, listening, just, you know, uh, apologies in advance. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this is such a gift for me <laughs> to be able to spend this time with uh, with with somebody who I love so much and who knows so much about my family <laughs> and my family tree and the origins. Uh, we could spend all night. Uh, this could be like a little Peterson Ross family tree session here. <laughs> so, so I will. Uh, I'll apologize in advance if it gets uh, a little long. I'll, I'll try to discipline uh, both of us here. But uh, but but I do want to start. You know, and I mentioned it. You know, kind of in the intro, just kind of playfully here. But you know, you one of the things of many things, but one of the things that's been such a, such a, 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 a hallmark of your influence on me um, has been this very, very confident vocal um, uh, uh, just, just faith and, and, and love for Jesus. And I remember, I don't know exactly when it was, but I do remember, you know, there was kind of a, there was kind of a before Jerry (laughs) and then an after Jerry. And when, uh, and I don't know, and I don't know what precipitated. I don't know if it was the move, you know, when you guys, uh, you know, moved down to Texas or, or what it was, but there was definitely this sort of, it seemed like there was this kind of inflection point where, where all of a sudden you and your awesome family um, just became really, really on purpose about faith and, and being just this great example for us. So I kind of wanted to start there. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you think of like, uh, <laughs> kind of like, think of like bands and there's, there's always these breakout performers, you know, like, you know, in sync and all of a sudden Justin Timberlake leaves and he's the breakout star. You guys were kind of the breakout uh, of, 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 from our extended family of really being these, these really active churchgoers and, and just followers of Christ. So I just kind of wanted to start there. Like, how did that happen? Um, and was it something that was as sort of, you know, kind of dramatic as it seemed or, or had it been kind of building, you know, over time, let's maybe just start there. Well, I can start by uh, telling you that I grew up in a small town, Cocado and going to the Lutheran church with the family. Uh, I believe mom and dad tried to get us there. Us kids, five boys there every Sunday. So we, we had a lot of teaching we had a lot of Sunday school teaching. We had missionaries we were told about. We had, had Jesus we were told about. We had uh, sermons we were told about, Bible stories we were told about. But uh, that was the growing up part. That was the foundational part. Uh, that all was taking place, as, as Jeffrey would say, that I was having, I was a fun guy back in the old days. <laughs> but, 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 and I was having a fun time. But and I'm not that I'm not a fun guy now. But but I, <laughs> I my fun is in a different sense. Uh, when I uh, uh, got married and uh, moved away from 3M was my my workplace for uh, the last 40 and a half years. Uh, we moved away to Hutchinson and then to St. Paul and then to Texas in 1988. Uh, Still attending church uh, in Hutchinson. Still attending church in in uh, Woodbury, Minnesota. Lutheran churches. So that when we got down to 
Texas, we sought out a Lutheran church there too. And we found one and, and went to it for many, many years. And, and then uh, <clears throat> in 1998, uh, my wife and I and children, uh, three girls down there, uh, were on a ski trip once and I, I uh, had, a, had a heart attack. And uh, the Lord pulled me through that. I, I give him all credit for that. And uh, I knew he had something for me to do now. And it was to uh, find myself uh, with my family, taking my family to a church that was a Bible church, a Bible teaching, a Bible church that you would always uh, go to on a Sunday. And you'd open your Bible and you'd study the Bible in church. Mm-hmm. And the music was good and the teaching was good. And uh, as we were there one, one day, uh, one earlier time in our, in our uh, going to that church, uh, which was a small church at the time, uh, the music and teaching was so good. I looked down the, down the row of chairs called a pew, uh, down the row of chairs at my daughter's, and I, and I, I said without saying, this is the place we need to be. Mm. And, and right then, God just kind of took over my life. And from then on, uh, we grew in that church. We learned in that church. I, uh, I, I, I want to say that I, I uh, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at the beginning in that church. Did it feel like, you know, when people talk about being born again? I mean, did that, is that what it felt like? Or was it a, was it a less you know, sort of, you know, I mean, anytime we are, we are touched by faith, whether it's in the smallest of moments or the, or the, or the biggest, I mean, it's all, it's all God and it's all awesome. God doesn't do anything not awesome. <laughs> so that's why I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like it has to be some big transformative thing. But, but when you think about it, you know, was it a born again experience or was it just sort of an elevation of what was already there? For me, I can speak for me. It was a born again uh, experience for me. <clears throat> I uh, I haven't changed since then. I've, I've grown and uh, become more of a follower. But as I was uh, baptized afterwards, uh, pronouncing my my belief in Jesus Christ to the congregation and to anybody that would would see that uh, it was like being born again. I had never been around. I didn't, I don't remember being born, but uh, being born again, uh, as the Bible describes it, unless you're born again, you cannot enter the yeah. uh, kingdom of heaven. And yes, for me, it was being born again. That's so cool. You mentioned, um, you mentioned earlier just about, Growing up in Cocado and, and going to church with with uh, with Grandma and Grandpa, what 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 was it like? Go go back. Let's let's go all the way back. And mm-hmm. growing up, you've got your brothers. What was what was church life like for the Peterson boys back in Cocado? Well, every every church uh, faith and, uh, around was in Cocado, except for uh, the Catholic Church wasn't there, but. We went to the Lutheran Church, and and uh, I believe we all went every Sunday that Mom and Dad uh, took us. Uh, 
so we were part of the community. We were expected to be in church. Mom and dad were, uh, I want to say, pillars of the church. And, and to me, they were pillars of the church and the community. And us boys loved that in, uh, in them as, as being role models for us. And it was a great time, uh, I think. Uh, you needed to be part of a faith mm-hmm. in, in, in a small town like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise you just, uh, I don't think you would be growing up well. Yeah. Uh, Did you, when you were now, and, and, and now it's probably, you know, it, what, what's so wonderful about, about grace is, is no matter when it, no, no matter when it comes, <laughs> I feel like it, uh, whether it's late in life or early in life, it's like technicolor. It's like going from black and white TV to like color. And once you experience color, like television, it's like everything's everything's brighter. So so when you reflect back on on your childhood growing up through the lens that you look at life and the way you walk with Christ now, mm-hmm. do you have an even deeper appreciation for you know those sort of roots that were planted all those years ago? That maybe, and this is speculative, I guess, but if you hadn't gone through, you know, the experience that you did later in life, where you, where it really became evident of that just presence and the wonderfulness of it, do you think, um, do you think you'd be able as much to identify those roots and how important that was growing up? Um, or, or did you feel like, you know, even as a teenager, you're like, you know what, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm a church guy and you know like is 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 it uh, or or does it does it change because of what you know now i think it, in growing up it's part of your life it's not everything in your life as it as it is now in my heart but growing up you needed to be part of something you were part of cocado high school you're part of uh the, the town of cocado of the community and of the church. Mm-hmm. And I don't know many, many kids that didn't belong to some church in our town, but there was a, a, a lot that was learned in the church. Uh, maybe not a feeling in the church, but a respect for everything that we learned, for all of the missionaries, for all of the work the church was doing. And, and uh, that needed to be a base it needs to be there for, for, for your young people. Yeah. And then in, in their growing up, uh, you know, you make a lot of decisions in life and not everybody stays in a small town as we didn't. And, and when we, we, uh, made decisions to, to grow, to go and to grow and to, to, uh, then become, uh, uh, followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We all were baptized down here in, uh, Texas again, to profess our, our faith in Jesus Christ. And, and uh, everybody's growing in that sense yeah. now as well. And that's got to feel, that's got to be really, I was just in a, a Bible study and we were talking about, about our, our baptismal vows and how, you know, they happen for a lot of us, they happen so young. 
you know, mm-hmm. like literally like we're like a couple of weeks old. Sure. And so, and so it's really more about the parents at the time, you know, and making the commitment that they're making. And we were talking about how, how neat it would be for adults to, and our, 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 um, our small group leader used the word ratify, you know, how cool it would be to ratify mm-hmm. your, your baptismal rights as an adult to really like put that it's a reaffirmation and those words that had to be a really powerful experience. Did you guys all go through that together or was it, did everybody kind of go through that at their own um, yeah. in the family and the, at their own pace? Everybody at their own pace. Okay. In, in fact, uh, I wasn't baptized at the church per se. I was baptized when we went over to Israel on a trip and uh, was baptized there in front of all of my, uh, my, uh, not team, but my, my church friends, uh, and, and yes, it, it is a ratification. Uh, uh, it says you have to be born again. I believe you have to be born again. We don't make decisions as kids. I mean, as, as, uh, babies mm-hmm. and, and, uh, you know, God bless our parents for, for, uh, doing that for us and doing that in front of a, a church congregation so they can see, uh, what baptism looks like there. But if they're taught to be uh, born again, they they will be baptized again, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, I think you're right, and and I think another just example of it, it's not outside of baptism, but you know, in renewing um, wedding vows, marriage vows, uh, mm-hmm. same thing. You know, Betsy and I did that mm-hmm. for our ten year, and and now recently for twenty five, and. And even though we were adults <laughs> the first time, there's just something about rehearing those words and recommitting that I think is really, really powerful. Um, you you mentioned um, uh, in passing just there, you mentioned like missionaries and you guys have been so active. Um, I mean, really, it, you guys didn't just like join a church and kind of, you know, start paying more attention on Sundays. You guys really got active and in, in planting churches and really, um, I mean, really doing the Lord's work. Talk a little bit about how, like, I, what goes into church planting? You know, I mean, I've, I've heard the term and, and, you know, I, and it's, it's a thing, but like, well, first, I guess, how did you get into it? And then just a little bit of a description of what actually goes into it. Cause it just seems like a lot of work. Well, yeah, it is a lot of work, but it's a lot of, uh, good work that, that feels good and it glorifies God mm-hmm. to, to spread the word. And how, how'd you get into it? Did, did others b- draw you into it from, from, uh, from, from the church you were in? The church we were in Hill country Bible church, uh, was a church that planted churches. Our church grew so rapidly, people coming from every faith, uh, into our church and, and they could, to hear the, the good news to, uh, uh, because they, they wanted to know more than just how to sit in a pew, yeah. uh, what, what they would, what they could do. And, and if you're taught what you can do and what you should do, you'll probably do it. And, and the, uh, the way we got into church, I mean, to mission work was this church had, had plants, uh, that were, uh, targeted for the area in Austin. They also had uh, not plants, but mission trips 
for the young, for the old, all around the world. So we were on a few mission trips to China and Mexico, and, and we also uh, were part of planting of churches. In fact, every one of our girls went out with a different church plant in the Austin area. Mm. To date, there's been like 30 churches or more planted from this one church. Wow. We were like the last of, of our girls and us uh, to, to go to a, a church plant. But we, we get on uh, groups. We pray. Uh, I like to pray a lot. And each of the girls went for the plant. Uh, a plant starts with maybe 100 people from the congregation and a pastor. Uh, that they that they choose, and that it's going to be a church plant pastor. That that uh, they meet for a year, and then they then they leave the congregation. They walk out and go plant their church, uh, and that that's happened like thirty times. And and, uh, and then if you're praying for a church, uh, you kind of get I don't want to say sucked into it, but you get to really feel good about that church you're praying for. And uh, they were going to put one in our not in our backyard, but in our community area where we were living in Round Rock. And so we were, we were, we offered to be part of that plant and we went with them for two weeks mm-hmm. and they had grown. So that we had so many people in, in a gymnasium at a school that we were, they were renting that mm-hmm. uh, we said, they don't need us here anymore. So that's when I was retired. We decided to move up to Georgetown and to get closer to Minnesota, another six miles north. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder no wonder you visit so often now. <laughs> but it's closer for all of you guys up there to come down now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, we get down to our new home here in Georgetown, and we're told that a block and a half away is a church plant, one that's just started from the Hill Country Bible Church churches. Wow, and we all have the same belief. We all have the same vision. We all have the same uh, things that we want to do for God. and And so... That's where we ended up. That's where we went right away, and we haven't looked back since. That's awesome. So about a year, then it sounds so. So it takes about a year to kind of get it. Kind yeah. of, see, are you are you as a community as the planters? Are you worshiping through that whole year? Like, is it? Are you every Sunday? You're kind of like, are you planting at the same time you're worshiping? You know, is that or or is it just planning? Is it just like a year of planning? There's uh, some of them that are the planters. Okay. that are the leaders for the church. They're out uh, going through neighborhoods, finding out where they can put a church. Mm. The rest of them are still back at the main church, uh, growing and, and also uh, doing everything they can do there. But they're signing up to be part of the new church, Got it. part of the new plant. Got it. And when they're ready to go, away they go. Takes so- a lot of people out of the church, but we, that church has grown so much. I don't want to tell you how big it is now, but I guess I will. As we got there, it wasn't really large, but it was larger than our Lutheran church. When we left there, there were over 7,000 people in this church. So now it's considered a mega church. Yeah, well, I remember, yeah, I remember when Betsy and I visited, this is, we were, um, Betsy was pregnant with our first. And so this is now 21 years ago, 22 years ago. And wow. And we went to church with you guys, and I've never been to a church that big ever. I mean, it was like going to 
a baseball game. I mean, it was like the parking lot. I just remember how far away we had to park. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we walked in, and it was an hour and a half, and it was just the most energizing. I mean, the music and the speaking. I mean, I was like, and the whole time I kept thinking, they do this every Sunday? I mean, this is every like Sunday. every Sunday. It was just such a... It was just so alive. And so I can't even imagine if that was small back then, if it's even bigger. That's just what a what a wonderful testament to that growth. And you talk about, about you know, you take a lot of people away from the church to go plant another one. But it reminds me a little bit of, as I'm looking up my darkened window here, it's like, it's like pruning a tree, you know, like you, you prune it. Oh, yeah. And, and then, but, but that's what makes it even flower, you know, even what, um, what about, um, you know, you talked about, about again, grandma and grandpa being those pillars of the community. As you look back, you know, uh, cause you're really old, so you got to look really far back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, who are, who are some other role models for you? And, and since this show is, is manna, we talk about men, specifically men, like who are some other guys in your life that you can remember being particularly um, influential? Well, my people that I looked up to, people that I think looked after me were my, uh, my football coach in high school, um, people that took care of my family and me in our jobs, uh, there was always work for the Petersons at the <laughs> Green Giant factory, oh, yeah. at, uh, at the Blahs Corner Grocery Store. Uh, wherever we needed something, somebody provided. And, and so I can't just put my finger on a family or a person in our town, but there were so many in our town that I looked up to, all the firemen, all the policemen, we had one, and uh, pastors. Now I didn't, I didn't have a lot to do with the pastor because I, 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 I went to my confirmation. I learned a lot there, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I didn't give myself over to Jesus. Ask him into my heart. Then um, I maybe said I did, but I, I wasn't even, I was oblivious to what was going on. Mm -hmm. But other people. Uh, in my life um, were the fathers of the, of the kids that I played with. Um, later on in life, a pastor up in, over in Hutchinson that uh, led Judy and I uh, uh, kind of by the hand as well as we were getting married. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my bosses uh, all took care of me through my career at 3M from Hutchinson to uh, St. Paul, uh, great bosses, all the way down to uh, uh, 3M in Austin. And uh, so I had, a, I had a great career, a lot of people that I looked up to, and I didn't want to do anything that hurt them. Mm -hmm. So they were my, my mentors, uh, and, and a lot of them, I don't know what faith they had, but... Uh, they didn't appear to be doing things wrong. So I knew they were uh, people that were doing good. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you talk about the role that, that, um, that, that, um, cause I had the same thing where it's the, it's the parents of our friends, you know, and, and, you know, the role that other caring adults play in the lives of, 
young people, you know, is I think so important. And, um, and, uh, a lot, I think for a lot of us, those are some of our more influential mm-hmm. kind of people. Um, that's great. Well, Hey, we are, um, we could talk all night. Um, and I would love that, but, uh, but we are now officially to the, um, what we call the fun segment of the show. And, uh, for those that have been listening, uh, you know, that these are the same three questions that we ask every guest on MANA. Um, and they've had, they've had ample time to prepare their answers. So everything else that you've just heard from, from uncle Jerry has all been off the cuff. And so, and, and brilliantly, uh, said, uh, but now we get to the really good stuff because he's had time to prepare. He's had time to like collaborate and do research and, and, you know, who knows what's going to come, but I'm just, just uh, buckle your seatbelts because now we're to this, these, the fun segment question. So question number one, is if Jesus knocked on your door way down there, made the truck all the way down to Texas, because we all know Jesus lives up in, in Minnesota, uh, in Annandale specifically. But anyway, if he made it all the way down to Texas, <laughs> if he made it all the way down to Texas and knocked on your door tomorrow, yes, just wanted to hang out for the day, yes. just, just spend the day with you, what are you going to do with him? I'm going to sit and talk with him. First, I'm going to worship him and, uh, and everything I say and do with him, I want to glorify him, but I want to talk with him, just sit and talk with him and admire him and, and, and hopefully answer all the questions that he has for me as to what, what did you do, Jerry, uh, with everything you learned about me. Mm-hmm. So I, I would probably not know, I wouldn't want to take him out <laughs> outside in the heat in the summertime, uh, maybe we go sit in the pool, but uh, yeah, I'd I'd uh, I'd want to be near him, talking to him. That's cool. All right, fun segment question number two: If you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, um, and it can be anybody, it can be any, it can be somebody famous. You wouldn't, you don't even have to have known who this man was, but it's. Uh, one church service, any guy, living or dead, who are you going to go to church with? Well, I admire Paul, Apostle Paul yeah. from the Bible. And and uh, I'd love to be in church with him, go to church with him. But I'd also love to go to church with somebody that I know doesn't know Jesus. So that he could experience, hopefully experience what I experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I guess that could be any number of people that I, that I know. Um, I don't want to say names right now, but (laughs) people, people I'm praying for. Yeah, no, that's so cool. We had a, we had a earlier this summer, we had a, we had a little, a mini manna, um, session where I interviewed some young men who were really just these very impressive emerging men of faith. And, and one of our, one of the guests, um, Quinn Elan, um, was, um, I asked him that question and he said, uh, that he had, was talking to his younger sister about that question and, you know, thinking about who he'd go with and his younger sister, um, who, so Quinn is, you know, 21, let's say. And so his younger sister is even younger. So let's say 13. Uh, and he said that his sister said, well, Quinn, wouldn't you like take one of your enemies? 
And I was like, whoa, like that is awesome. <laughs> you know? And that's kind of what you're saying as yeah. well, where it's like, gosh, <clears throat> yeah, that, what, what a powerful experience that would be. And mm-hmm. I do think it'd be cool to go with Paul um, just to be able to, I mean, you get to every New Testament reading. He's like, yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, then yeah, that's yep. <laughs> authored all of it. All right, last question. Last fun segment question. Um, if you could give uh, some advice, um, and I know you've given a lot of advice uh, to young men over the course of the years, but if you could give some advice to a younger man um, just about living comfortably in his faith, and um, you know, and obviously, as we've talked over the last you know few minutes here, you are living an exemplary life of faith, and so maybe it's not going from you know all the way up to you know full, fully bright, but but just you know, thinking of a young teen, you know, and, 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 a, and a guy, what would be something that you would want to impart on somebody at that age to start thinking about living? I'd like to tell him that your life is, is only as long as, as uh, God lets it be. And that you need to consider him more and, 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 uh, get started on your, your, your walk with Jesus, because there's only so much time you have. Uh, Things don't just get better because you like Jesus, but they, and they don't get easier either. Uh, They get more fulfilling, more enriching, uh, more uh, maturing. And, and uh, uh, that, Go to a church, find a church, find a group that meets and that and that talks about Jesus, that teaches about Jesus, that you can learn together with them about Jesus. And and uh, just don't waste your time. Don't waste your life uh, because God didn't put it here for that. He gave us a purpose. Uh, each of us has a purpose. I had a heart attack. I found a purpose. I had another heart attack in 19, I mean, in 2018. That that encouraged my purpose uh, also. So don't lose out on that. We are only given so much time each. And and, uh, it's a great thing to know that if you put your belief in Jesus Christ, you'll go to heaven Mm -hmm. and be with him forever and live forever. Otherwise, you're going to, not go to heaven, you're going to go somewhere else and, and uh, be tormented. So mm-hmm. I don't think anybody wants that. No. They might say they're going to go down there and be with their friends, but that's a joke. Yeah. No, that's so choose, true. Choose, choose the good thing. Choose good. Choose good and choose early. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. Jerry Peterson, Uncle Jerry Peterson, thank you so much for being on Mana. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.